And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into our college football playoff ranking show. Only two weeks left of the regular season, so we are getting into crunch time. Uh, we welcome now our expert panel. As we get into it, guys, this is going to be our third edition of the college football playoff ranking. Should be a little movement at the very top, but we will see a new number six with Oregon losing to Washington. Let's welcome in our panel. Caroline Fenton, host of Locked On LSU. Josh Neighbors, host of Locked On Big 12. Eric Kane, host of Locked On Vols. Spencer McLaughlin, host of Locked On Pac-12. I am Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. And a quick reminder to all the listeners that Fall Grilling is here. Stock up on all your favorites at Omaha Steaks and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping the Friends and Family Sale. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get uh, check out and get $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Guys, let's jump into it. Not a whole lot changed this weekend in uh, the results on the field with what we saw. But let's uh, let's start with Eric Kane. First off, the Tennessee Volunteers, they can't do anything about their crappy remaining schedule. All they could do is beat the crap out of the opponents remaining. And that's what they did to Mizzou. Yeah, they did to the Missouri, you know, right towards the end. Right. I mean, you had a backup quarterback in there that uh, was throwing uh, haymakers and then scoring touchdowns at the end. And it's a backup quarterback with the number two offense. So. Uh, but Tennessee, I just think, you know, does style points really matter? I, I don't know. I mean, no one really knows. But if I'm Josh Hopple, I'm sitting there thinking, hey, I'm going to do everything I possibly can just to try to impress somebody, just to try to show somebody that, hey, you know, that's the number 13 ranked defense in the land, and I just put 66 on you. So will it matter? I don't know. We'll see. But you know, Tennessee beat the crap out of Missouri. It's favored by three touchdowns on the road against South Carolina. It'll be favored big uh, over in Nashville against Vanderbilt in the season. You, you did well outside of Georgia. You did well with your schedule this year. So uh, we'll have to see uh, exactly what happens. But Tennessee, the first 10-win season potentially this weekend, uh, first first time since 07, um, Tennessee could have a chance to win 11 regular season games, which is just wild. But Tennessee will still need a couple, couple things to help them out secure a spot in the college football playoff. But looking good right now, despite being number five, and that's what I anticipate Tennessee being again tonight. Caroline, we'll jump to you. LSU struggled on the road at Arkansas, but a win is a win. And uh, they clinched their spot with Ole Miss losing to Alabama. They have clinched their spot in the SEC championship game. Um, I guess still a case if LSU can run the table here and beat Georgia in the SEC title game, maybe they can get into the top four. Yeah, and to your point about the Arkansas game, I said going into that game, LSU, just, just get a win. That's the most important thing. Just go in there and get a win. I didn't expect it to be that gross. Um, it was not pretty, but it was beautiful because they got to win. They, they did what they were supposed to do. And yeah, I think LSU would have a case. If LSU moves forward and runs the table and beats Georgia in the SEC title game, well, then LSU would have the most impressive win in college football, taking down number one Georgia, a team that proved to be as good as advertised just a couple weeks ago when they hosted uh, Tennessee in Sanford Stadium. And then you also look at, at LSU being the champions of the most competitive conference in college football. It totally comes down to what does the committee value more? And I think that varies year to year, case to case. Do they value head to head or do they value a conference championship more? Because if they value head to head, then Tennessee would get the nod, you know, coming into Tiger Stadium earlier this season and just walloping LSU earlier this season. But does the committee look at the turnaround for LSU later on the season? Does the committee look at that loss to Florida State earlier on in the season and kind of throw that away and say, you know, new coaching staff, new quarterback, uh, neutral site game. It just completely depends on whatever the committee prioritizes. But LSU absolutely would have a case if they do go on the on the road to Atlanta, beat Georgia, and do what Tennessee couldn't, and that's beat Georgia. 
but that's a big if. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Josh, let's yeah. jump to you. TCU, they get a win in Austin. A lot of people were picking the Longhorns a week ago, but they get the job done. Uh, TCU, Sonny Dykes, they can keep this thing rolling, and the Big 12 can find their way in. Yeah, I mean, seven-and-a-half-point dog last week, right, in Austin, and they shut down the best running back in all of college football, B. John Robinson, a guy who's you know, might, might end up being a first-round pick, but running over all everybody uh, this year, and they did a great job defensively from start to finish. Offense wasn't great, but they didn't allow a single offensive touchdown against Texas, a team that went to Kansas State the previous week and put up 30-plus points. It's pretty impressive they did that. And I actually think with what happened in the Pac-12 this week, I think the conversation has now changed from – TCU has to run the table to get into, you know, there are scenarios where the, the big 12 champion TCU could go 12 and one. They had a close loss against Baylor this week and rallied them won the uh, big 12 championship. There are scenarios where a 12 and one TCU would have a legitimate claim to be in. So I think with the way they won in Texas, getting that road win now, the schedule they have left, there's a chance that not just, you know, 13 and 0 is the only possible situation. 12 and one in the conference title, you actually get it done too. Spencer, uh, the big change we're going to see tonight in the rankings, we'll see if there's any movement up top, but we know Oregon is going to move out. Absolutely blew that game against Washington, uh, going forward on fourth down their own territory. They gave Washington the easy, uh, easy short field to kick the field goal. But nonetheless, USC still remains alive as the Pac-12 representative. A great chance at 8-1 for them to climb up in the rankings maybe this week, but some top 20 matchups here to finish out the season for USC possibly get in there but where are you where the Pac-12 stands the only thing easy about Washington winning that game was throwing the ball against Oregon's defense I would describe it as Swiss cheese but that would imply there are areas that don't have giant holes which is just simply not accurate so let's uh, start there but with with regards to the Pac-12 it is now you see or bust and, and they can get good wins on their resume the committee loves Notre Dame which continues to be ridiculous and I think even if and probably when they lose at USC, Notre Dame will end the year eight and four, and they will probably stay in the top 25. And that, that is good news for USC. It's ridiculous because the team lost to Marshall and Stanford at home, and they almost lost to Cal at home. Cal and Stanford are playing what I think is like the 125, 25th edition of the big game this week. They're a combined six and 14. Cal just got rid of their offensive stat. Like the fact that you lost to the Cardinal and almost lost to the Bears on your home field is enough to disqualify you from the top 25 for an entire season. That's before I even get to the Marshall game. Like this, it's, it's so ridiculous and it drives me nuts. But it is a good thing for USC because if you beat UCLA, they will still be a top 25 team because they will beat Cal next week and the year nine and three. And we know UCLA is good overall. They took care of Utah and were really impressive in, in that particular outing. And then you had Notre Dame and then you would add the conference championship game as well. So if USC does that, that is a college football playoff caliber resume. The Pac-12 has been in this for the last couple of weeks. They had three teams going into last weekend. UCLA blew it, Oregon blew it, and USC is still alive. I question whether or not they can win three games in a row with the way their defense is playing right now, but it's certainly still a possibility. We're uh, going to get the um, reveal of the rankings here in just a couple of uh, seconds coming up on ESPN, but let's just take a look back real quick. This was the batch from a week ago. Uh, like we mentioned, Oregon loses to Washington, so they will fall out of this ranking, but uh you guys, any? Let me go to you, Eric. Any thought that we might see any change from one through five here at all? 
No, I don't expect that whatsoever. Um, you had all those teams, uh, excluding TCU, win handily, win comfortably, and put up some points. TCU beat a ranked team on the road, and so you're not going to fault TCU and, and slide them back, even though uh, Tennessee put up 66 points against Missouri that has a pretty stout defense. I don't, I don't anticipate any movement one through five. I think that'll look the same. I do think uh, that what I am anticipating is the theme of the night to be one loss power five conference champion, kind of like you guys have been talking about USC jumping up and taking the spot of Oregon there at number six, LSU staying pat at number seven, and of course, Oregon sliding down. That's that's kind of what I view it, what I think is going to happen. But I think this is going to be kind of a, you know, we had to wait all night for it, right? And I think it's going to be kind of boring because I don't think there's going to be much movement outside of that. Yeah, it will be interesting uh, to see, you know, it, it did, did they ding LSU at all for the, the close loss at, at Arkansas? And then, of course, you know, we mentioned Tennessee has the head-to-head over LSU, but, you know, how much will it hurt Tennessee when we go to conference championship weekend and they're sitting on their hands like Alabama's done a couple times and still found their way in. So, Tennessee, uh, I know you guys were big uh, Texas Longhorn fans last week. Now you're going to be big Baylor Bear fans trying to knock out uh, TCU, Josh, what you've seen from TCU, I mean, is this a team that can go undefeated and win a championship? I mean, they're two wins away from it right now, right? Um, I think, you know, like when I look at the rankings last week, I start thinking about, you know, how they stack up against other teams. I mean, I would not like their chances against Georgia. I would not like their chances against Ohio State. But if you kind of, if you put them against Michigan and they started throwing haymakers on the Michigan's defense, I know it's been pretty good, but like, you can get them in a hole and have them in a place where J.J. McCarthy has to win them a game. I'm, I'm not sure it's a great spot. And I also think if you compared resumes right now, that resume from TCU is actually a lot better than the Michigan's. I, I think pound for pound, there's no question it's a better resume game in and game out with the schedule at TCU's play. Keep this in mind, guys. Every single team in the Big 12 right now can still make a bowl game. There's no other Power 5 conference that can say that. And that just speaks to the, the depth of the league and how difficult every single game is. I mean, the other teams that are competing for a spot in the Big 12 championship game all have at least, you know, three conference losses for most of them. Kansas State's got, got two, and they're still a pretty good team. So I think they can do it for sure. I think this Baylor game is very much a trap game. We saw Texas do a great job getting after the quarterback last week. Um, and so I think actually Baylor's defensive front could do the same thing. But there's no reason why this TCU team – I mean, they've won 10 of their own, right, with, with the run they had too. So – there's no reason. And also, their bye was week three. We all talk about this, right. but their bye was week three. They've done all of this without having a break since the third week of September, which I'm not sure why we're doing byes three weeks into the season. They're playing Tarleton, Colorado. Come on now. It's awful. I mean, you know, it's the conference do it. Like, it's horrible scheduling, but they definitely could. I, I think it's there's no question now. It's just a matter of maybe how high would they be if they did. We start to get into some of the uh, the bottom of the rankings as they reveal Cincinnati coming in at number 25, NC State 24, Oregon State comes in at 23, Oklahoma State at 22, Tulane comes in at uh, 21, so they're still in the top 25 despite their loss to UCF, and now we get into uh, the 20s, UCF coming in at number 20, Florida State coming in at number 19, remember they beat LSU week one, so that's a uh, a good loss for LSU when we start talking about good lo- wins and good losses. Notre Dame up at number 18. Spencer, not a big fan of the Notre Dame Irish, but they come in at number 18 in the latest uh, in the latest polls there. And then UCLA at 16. Let me jump to you, Spencer, real quick. Uh, Washington and UCLA coming in there pretty strong. Uh, UCLA, like you mentioned, stage set for 
USC if they could beat number 16 UCLA, number 18 Notre Dame, that's a resume pattern. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, you saw the, the fist pump that I gave earlier, and that's because I don't have to go on my next episode of Locked On Pac-12 and raise hell because Oregon State is back in the top 25 as they should be. They've been playing with a backup quarterback, getting it done. That defense is nasty. Secondary in particular. Front four, maybe less so, but that secondary is the best in the Pac-12, bar none. And that includes Utah that has the best individual player in Clark Phillips. But it, it's, it's a really interesting situation you have in the teams with these Pac-12 teams. Oregon at 12. You have UCLA at 16, and Washington was one behind them, I believe, at at 17. And Utah is coming in at number 10, as they should be. They're a really, really good two-loss team, probably the best in the country behind Alabama. But it's just weird. I, I, I understand that Husky fans are probably going to be a little upset of, like, wait, we have the same record as Oregon. How are we that many slots behind? But they also lost to UCLA. But UCLA had a bad loss, and Washington had a bad loss. So I, I, I would love to know what – goes into making that sort of decision because Oregon beat UCLA, UCLA beat Washington, Washington beat Oregon, and then Arizona beat, uh, beat UCLA and Arizona State beat Washington. Those are sub-500 teams that are probably not going to go to a bowl game this year, though Arizona could. So I think what the committee is telling you is the caliber of team that you lose to is, is influencing those sorts of decisions. But I think that's about right for, for where the Pac-12 should be. And you got a top 12 matchup coming this Saturday and, the, and a top 16 one as well when, with Oregon, Utah, and then the battle for LA, USC, and, uh, and UCLA coming on, on, uh, on Saturday evening too. Should be a fun one in the Pac-12. Let me jump in there, Spencer, as we get into uh, the top 15. Kansas State coming in at number 15, Ole Miss at number 14. So they're still staying strong despite their losses to LSU and Alabama. North Carolina comes in at 13, Oregon number 12. Penn State number 11. Now we get into the top 10. Utah coming in strong, 8-2 and two at number 10 in the top 10. Clemson right there at 9-1. and one. That loss to Notre Dame is really hurting Clemson because of that, that ACC uh, resume, the ACC not as strong in a lot of people's eyes. And so Clemson, we're so used to seeing them in that top four, top five. The committee's really dinging them right now and dropping them. Alabama. Staying strong at number eight. They beat uh, they beat Ole Miss this past weekend after losing to LSU. So they stay strong. God, it just if you're if you hate Alabama, you're just looking at that going, God, this is just setting up for them to sneak in at number four. Caroline, good for LSU, though. They're two losses. Florida State coming in at number 19. And uh, of course, Tennessee's gonna be in the top seven here somewhere. So two good resume losses for LSU, even on top of their resume wins. And and that's a good point because it's true, but I don't like to look at the term quote unquote quality losses. I really think that only comes into play when you're looking at a one loss team. Because I look at last year, for example, Alabama lost to Texas A&M, a team that went eight and four ultimately, and Alabama found their way in to be the top team of the country and win the SEC championship. I think it's less about quote unquote quality of losses for LSU, and it's more so about the the number of losses because LSU being a two-loss team, it's more about the number to me than it is about the quality of loss because if LSU had a loss in there against South Harmon Institute of Technology and then goes and beats Georgia in the SEC championship, whether that's a good loss or a bad loss, they still would have a, a resume strong enough to have a case to get into the college football playoff with a win over Georgia. So I look at less like the quality of losses and more so the quality of wins that LSU has yet to have or may not have on the rest of their schedule. 
So we know USC was number eight last week. So they've moved up into the top seven. The question is, do they get to number seven and LSU slides up to six? Does LSU stay at seven and USC jumps them and they go to six? Um, again, does Tennessee move out of that five spot at all? We're going to find out in just a second. And now they get to the rankings. They start with number one with Georgia. No surprise there. Uh, Ohio State still at number two, so no surprise there. So both of those, uh, no change from last week. Remember, you know, Georgia had jumped up to that number one spot a couple weeks ago. Michigan coming in at number three. So again, no change week to week on the top three. Is TCU still number four? I would expect they will be. We're about to reveal it here in just a second. If they really want to get drama going, they could slide Tennessee up to number four. It's like doesn't happen, but don't think yeah, that's the playoff happen. drama never. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they just want to ignore what happened last week. Sure, they could do that. that they do they do could that do. sometimes. They could do hey, that. They want you to can make first. a case. TCU's offense was really stymied. Chris, in Chris, no, there is no case for Tennessee <laughs> being ahead being of TCU. There's so there is a zero case. Uh, there there's there, there's a pretty big case, but I, I mean I'm fine with none. TCU. There was seven and a half point dog and they won the game on the road to give an offensive touchdown. There's no case at all against a ranked team that was helped you justify Alabama's ranking earlier in the year. No. Hold on, you're, you're saying there's, there's no, no case, case for Tennessee to be ranked higher than TCU? Is that what you're saying? There's no case. There's absolutely no well, case. Let's TCU. jump into it right there, Eric. Uh, oh, I disagree with you there. You're but, gonna have okay. to run. Tennessee comes in at number five. Go ahead, make your case for why Tennessee should maybe slide ahead of TCU already. Well, I'm just saying as I as I hit the tweet here on the on the live tweets. I'm not. I mean, T- TCU is at number four. I mean, that's what we expected. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that the committee got it wrong, but I mean, it, it, to say there's absolutely no case whatsoever for Tennessee to be ranked in front of TCU. I mean, come on now. Like that. That's that's just not. That's not accurate in my opinion. I mean, you look at the the ranked wins. Tennessee still has more ranked wins than anybody. In they the both AP have poll two. They both have two right now. Um, I mean, yeah, 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 I think the the wins are much more impressive uh, than what TCU's done so far. Look at the strength of schedule. Look at the offensive efficiency. I mean, defensive efficiency, it's not even that far behind what TCU is right now. So, I, I mean, I would disagree with that point. Now, I'm not saying TCU shouldn't be ranked number four. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying for there not to be a case that Tennessee should be ranked number four right now, I just I, I don't agree with that. But what happened tonight, I'm, I, that, that's exactly what I thought it would. I thought it would be. Uh, Tennessee there at number five, and I, I think the next opportunity for Tennessee to move up would be obviously whenever we have a, a loser, uh, unless TCU loses, a loser of Michigan and uh, Ohio State. Eric, I know you got to run. Uh, we appreciate you making the case for Tennessee. We'll then get Josh and Spencer and Caroline to make the case against Tennessee here. Uh, as it's not a case against Tennessee. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, to finish out the ranking, so Georgia won, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four. No change there. Tennessee five, no change there. The new change this week is LSU did move up one spot to six. USC moved up one spot uh, from eight to seven. And Alabama moved up one spot from nine to eight. Clemson moved up one spot from 10 to nine. So everybody just kind of slid up. They didn't jump anybody over anybody this week for any drama. But uh, uh, let's go to Caroline first. Caroline, LSU coming in there at number six. They're sitting in a nice little spot there. If they take care of business against UAB and then uh, Texas A&M, who, God, you better not lose to them. Uh, a great Not spot to beat number one Georgia, which feels like that's a there, there would be no better win in the season than if LSU beats number one Georgia. And I would think that would get them into at least number four. And, and that's the reason why I'm really glad that I'm not on the college football playoff committee, because I do think that there are two really strong cases. And I compare 
Tennessee and LSU head to head because I think that's going to most likely be what it comes down to considering the fact that I don't think that the the committee wants to put three SEC teams in. So it really would come down to Tennessee and LSU. I believe Georgia win or lose in the SEC championship has a spot, whether that's at one or two or three or four, wherever it might be, Georgia has a spot. So who does that, where does that second spot go? I look at LSU and I think that there's very strong cases either way, but the reason why I think LSU would have the advantage over Tennessee is because LSU was able to do what Tennessee nor what any other team in the country was able to do. And that's beat Georgia and also win the division. I understand that Tennessee has the misfortune of being in the same division as Georgia. LSU has got the misfortune of being in the same division as Alabama. So it's something that, you know, each side kind of has working against them, but also in this scenario, it's working for them. Um, saying that LSU was able to get a win over Alabama. And if they win against Georgia as well, then LSU undoubtedly is, you know, has proven they're the best team in the SEC. And that head-to-head against Tennessee absolutely is a blemish on LSU's resume. But I go back to what does the committee value more? An SEC championship and a team that was able to turn things around midway through the season or a team that wasn't able to win head-to-head against Georgia, that wasn't able to win the division, but really kind of ran the table all season long. Josh but I did, not, I did not expect LSU to move up. I'm sorry to interrupt. I did not expect <laughs> LSU to move up to six at all. That was not a my bingo card for the night, but I'll take it. Yeah, they must have really loved Harold Perkins and his performance against Arkansas. Josh Spencer Who doesn't? in just a second. But we do want to remind our listeners, uh, this is presented by Omaha Steaks. And look, fall is in the air. That means fall grilling with cookouts, tailgate parties, and so much more. I grilled out this past weekend. It was a little cold outside, but the grill kept me warm, and the Omaha steaks were outstanding. Uh, came with the seasoning, came with everything that I needed on it, savored all the flavors with their mouth-watering assortments of perfectly aged steaks. They got the juicy burgers, easy-to-prepare meals uh, ready in a flash. Now is the perfect time, guys. Yeah, the holiday season's almost here. You're wondering what to get for your, your uncle, your aunt, your cousins, your brother, your uh, fiancé, whatever it is, Omaha Steaks has got it for you. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping their friends and family sale. You go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. That'll get you $30 off your order. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Stock up today. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. And I know I had it on Saturday. Don't forget to score that extra 30 bucks off your order when you use LOCKEDON at checkout. Minimum order may be required. And we got the promo there right over Spencer's face. So let's go to Spencer real quick to remind folks about the Omaha Steaks uh, promo code there. But Spencer, what do you make of where we are? USC moving up a spot, Pac-12, very much alive. Well, it's just a function of Oregon losing. And I'm not surprised that they're still behind LSU because you look at just what happened a week ago. LSU goes on the road and beats an Arkansas team that isn't that good, but isn't that bad either. And, you know, USC at home played the doormat of the Pac-12, which frankly is an insult to doormats because Colorado has been dreadful and and then some this season. And they weren't even that impressive until like the second quarter. Like it was like a 13, 16 point game in the third. And then USC pulled away big time and you knew that that could happen but if you watch that whole game USC wasn't like lighting it up from uh, the jump and you're not going to play perfect four quarters every week uh, you know no matter what and and who you're playing and such but I I think that that's an appropriate ranking for for USC because you shouldn't feel any differently about them they're a team that can still give up a lot of points and they can still score a lot of points and Caleb Williams is amazing, but they now don't have Travis Dye who got injured, unfortunately is done for the year. So how does that impact their offense going forward? 
we'll have to wait and see. I think it's certainly a missing piece, and Austin Jones will have to step up for the Trojans this week against UCLA. And so, and I don't know who's going to step up as the number two back, frankly, at, at this point in time. So I, I think there are a couple questions there, you know, how they fill that void, what they can do defensively going forward. But still, based on their record and the, the games that they have played, they deserve to be where, where they are right now. I think it's, it's well-deserved. And that, that loss against Utah is only going to continue to look better if, if the Utes keep winning. They, of course, have a tough one against Oregon this weekend, but USC right now, I think they're right about where they should be. Josh, taking a look at the uh, latest rankings, and uh, obviously TCU in a great spot, but, man, it, it really does feel – I mean, it, that's it. That This is the Big 12's chance. It's it's TCU or bust, and when we look at what's to, they have still to play, they got to go to Baylor this week. I know Baylor's not been great, but that's a tough place to play. Then it's Iowa State, and then it's a – Big 12 title game against maybe Kansas State or Texas. Still some stuff to figure out there. But, um, I mean, the, the hopes of the Big 12 conference, which is going to look very different the next couple of years with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, uh, this is their best shot. It's all on TCU. Yeah, it's it's all on TCU. And, I mean, that, that you know, that's like not to, to dunk on Spencer here, but you kind of rather be – if you're George Klyavkov, you know, if you're Brett Yormbart, the commissioners of the leagues, you're happier if you're Brett Yormark of the Big 12 because – that's a that's a that's a remaining Big Twelve team that is your one shot at the playoff. That's not one of the, you know USC or UCLA who are leaving, and there's a good chance also that in the Big Twelve title game, it's going to be two of the remaining teams for another consecutive year that are going to be the ones who are in there. And there we go. There there's somebody who said TCU's resume. Look, I mean, you give me three good wins off of Michigan's resume, and I'll, uh, I'll you know. I'll I'll disagree with you. But by, sure. by the by the way, Josh, just on that note, I am going to lean siding with you here because though the Big Twelve doesn't have insane depth, the Big Ten is pretty bad this year. I mean, like the middle of that conference, Ohio State, and Michigan are really really good, but after that, Penn State is a good team, not a great team, and then there's a bunch of nothing. It's a bunch of Illinois, Perdon't. Uh, Wisconsin is middling this like there's just not a lot of not a lot of depth so I understand why someone could have that reaction but I do not think it's ridiculous to say that TCU's got better wins on its resume or more of them than than Michigan does right now real quick Caroline I know you're gonna have to run in a second but just uh overall thought um again we kind of broached it earlier but are you feeling like LSU could have a chance against uh, Georgia in the SEC title game? Because the early Vegas lines, we're hearing 16, 16 and a half point underdogs for LSU. And it's difficult because I I don't really know what to expect from the, this LSU team. Because let's not forget that this is a completely new coaching staff. This is a team that just a few months ago had 39 scholarship players playing in a bowl game. So this is an entirely new team. And I think that uh, that game against Arkansas, where LSU's offense really did struggle, I think that was kind of a reminder to myself, and I think a lot of LSU fans, is this is still a team that even though we saw offensive fireworks against Florida and Ole Miss and Alabama three weeks in a row, 
that this is still a team that's trying to figure itself out. It's still gaining chemistry. So I think it depends on the LSU offense that's able to show up against Georgia. This is a stout, stout, stout Georgia defense that I think that I didn't even realize how good it truly was until I saw them limit what Tennessee could do in a team that's put up an insane amount of points all season long. So do I think LSU has a chance? I do, because I think that they've got Harold Perkins on their side, first and foremost. I will take the team that has Harold Perkins any day. Um, and I think it depends on the amount that Jaden Daniels in this offense is able to grow and able to scheme against this Georgia defense. Do I think that am I, if, I'm a, if I'm a betting woman and I, am I going to put money on LSU? No, I'm not. But I do absolutely think that there is a, a path to victory here if LSU's defense is able to limit what Georgia's offense can do. Well, uh, you can make some good money, Caroline, if you bet on LSU. <laughs> off, right? I mean, I'm sure it is plus a billion odds. Let's uh, make a, let's make I a little believe money. my Tigers. <laughs> Caroline, thanks, thanks so much. Uh, Caroline Fenton, of course, of Locked On LSU. And, of course, Eric Kane of uh, Locked On um, uh, Vols, who joined us earlier. Uh, Josh and Spencer, let's throw it to you guys as we uh, start to wrap up. Just overall thoughts on maybe what could change here in these last two weeks. Yeah, from a big Big 12 perspective, if you're a TCU fan, uh, you are rooting for Georgia to win that title game, right? You are rooting for UCLA this week because, the you know, if you can knock that Pac-12 out, um, you know, you're in a spot where, once again, a one-loss TCU could be a team that gets in if they lose close to, to Baylor, right? So that's kind of what you're looking for in the Big 12 perspective. Overall, yeah, I mean, I think that USC versus LSU conversation is an interesting one. Well, LSU is probably the better team right now, Chris and Spencer. I, I don't know if their ranking is warranted. I'll, I'll tell you this. USC's got a chance. I mean, you, you know, disrespect whatever you want to say. I, I think that UCLA, I think that Notre Dame, and I think whoever they play in the Pac-12 championship game, I think that would be three really awesome wins. If they're 12-1, and one, I think that's a really difficult team to keep out. I, I think that's a nightmare scenario, too. If you're – you're stacking up a 12 and one TCU against a 12 and one USC. That's a tough conversation. That's yeah, a really tough conversation. So uh, I think USC's got a good shot, and I would not have been shocked if they were number six uh, tonight either. But I, I think it makes sense that LSU is there just with how good they've been recently, and and nice wins are stacking up. Spencer, before I throw it to you, I just want to say, yeah, I mean, I I think conference championship weekend. This committee has shown. It's different. It's different committee members come and go. But what the committee has shown since this playoff has come in, they value conference championship weekend. If you come strong and you get a big win that weekend, they are going to reward you. And so that's why I just wonder, what does that mean for Tennessee, who will be sitting idle that weekend if USC gets a big win over Oregon or Utah that week? If LSU beats number one Georgia, if TCU beats a highly ranked Kansas State team, I just feel like they are going to reward those teams that are playing conference championship weekend and get, you know, it doesn't even have to be a convincing win, but a win over a highly ranked team. I feel like that's going to leave a team like Tennessee, who's not playing for a conference title in the dark, but we'll see. Spencer, you have the last word. Yeah. I, I think when you look at USC, their, their resume right now doesn't actually have a very good win. Uh, they, they do have Oregon state on the road and that is, that is a good win. It's not going to get a lot of clout outside of people who really, really know and love college football. But Oregon State is a really, really solid football team. But that being their top win means that right now what their resume is missing is that string of quality opponents. And Notre Dame will probably end the year in the top 25 as long as they beat Boston College. And UCLA will end the year in the top 25 because they will beat Cal 
And if USC were to knock off those two, and then I think the best case scenario is for them to play Oregon rather than getting a rematch with Utah, because that game with Utah is was so close and it was such an amazing game. And it was in Salt Lake City. Yeah, it counts against you because it was a loss, but is it really holding you back from getting into the playoff? I don't think the answer to that question is yes. I, I'd say it's it's no. And you know, to anyone who says, well, I don't know if USC can do this, that, and the other thing, just ask yourself. At the end of the year, there's still a lot of football to be played. We got three weeks left. Final two of the regular season, conference championship week. How many times has a one-loss Power Five conference champion been left out? Now, Clemson better be a team that gets left out because they're no good. But, like, they're top 15, but they're not top 10 caliber. USC in the Pac-12 Pac is much, much better than the ACC this year. And I don't think it's particularly close. And I think that's a good thing for, for USC at the moment that the conference has that perceived strength, which I think is justified. So if they win their next three games, I imagine they will get into the playoff because help is often given to those who need it in college football with this 14 playoff model. Yeah, let, let me just throw in one more thought. I know we're, we're kind of wrapping up here, but look, I agree. USC, they'll play number 16 UCLA. They'll play number 18 Notre Dame. If they win both of those, I do like the Utah concept. If they get a rematch with Utah and they avenge their one loss, I think USC has beaten three straight ranked teams and they deserve to get in. But like you said, with Oregon as well, Oregon's number 12 right now. So that's, I think it's, you know, whatever. You beat number 10, you beat number 12, whatever on conference championship weekend. But I do want to take the Clemson perspective because I feel like we're missing the ACC rep here. If Clemson keeps winning and they beat number 15 or number 13 now, North Carolina in the ACC title game, Shouldn't Clemson, I mean, like, Alabama's ahead of them right now. Like, Alabama's not even going to play for their conference champion, just, championship just like Tennessee. Clemson should get a little respect, right? A little boost. Does, well, does the eye test come in here? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. I'll come in after. So it's, it's interesting you mentioned this, Chris. So the, uh, speaking with Adam Rittenberg from ESPN, he mentioned that the playoff predictor for ESPN has them at about a 30% chance to make the college ball playoff. And it's interesting, but – when you stack up that, that resume that they have and, and you look at the way that they've played, right? Think about the, like the change in the quarterbacks thing. If, if we're creating a TV product here, which is actually what we're doing, let's be honest about it. Clemson as a television product really isn't that good because of the way that they're playing and the fact that they don't know who their best quarterback is right now, which means they haven't been pushed to a point. Why was that Bama team that made the quarterback switch so compelling? They eventually got pushed and they pushed Cambridge Young. They had to make a change. They eventually did make a change in the championship game. And, you know, it showed up like Clemson hasn't hit that point yet, which I think to me tells you they haven't really, really been tested this year to that point. Sure, they've lost a game against Notre Dame, but it hasn't been a week in and week out process. They've had some close games, don't get me wrong. But to me, that, that's kind of where I'm at. It's, it's not a fun team to watch. They don't seem particularly great on any side of the ball. And uh, to me, it's just not a team that's got a quasime that I would stack up there, even though you mentioned Chris, they're, they're kind of in a good spot right now. Spencer, you now have the final, final word. <laughs> yeah, I, I think when you look at Clemson, I just wonder if the eye test can come into this at all. Like, can, can, it, can it at all be a factor? Um, Auburn top 10, that's a good one, Zach. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a one. Top 10 and, you know, actively looking for a new coach, I suppose. But anyway, so... I, I think that when 
when you look at what Clemson has done this year, what they've put on the field. They're playing in the worst Power 5 conference. They've benched their quarterback several times. You know, the court, the last time a team had a legitimate quarterback controversy and was able to get into the college football playoff was Alabama with Tua and Jalen Hurts. But they, they knew going into the playoff who their quarterback was going to be each time because they knew the first time it was going to be Jalen Hurts. They bench him at halftime. And then the next year, they went back and forth, back and forth. But by the end of the year, you knew it was Tua, and it was Tua. But right now, is it DJ? Is it Kate Klubnick? Like, that's just not a team that is ready to be in the college football playoff. And I hope that they don't get a spot, even as a one-loss conference champion. But as I mentioned before, it's hard to find a time when a one-loss Power 5 champion gets left out of the college football playoff discussion. I think this could be the year that happens. Clemson, not USC, because the ACC is just, they're like, they're just not good. Even their good teams are not that good. Wake Forest had climbed up to number 10. They didn't lose to a middling Louisville team. They got housed. They were run off the field. Like it's just that kind of year for the ACC. North Carolina is a pretty good team, but when you go Clemson, and then pretty good North Carolina and decent Florida State, that's just not a league that deserves to put a team in the top four this year. So I, I think it should be left to SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12 to try to get a team in there. And I think the Pac-12 probably does end up getting left out. I don't think this USC team can win each of their next three games. We'll see. If they do, they will deserve a shot in. I think yes. the committee is hoping that they get one SEC the Pac-12 champ, the Big Ten champ, and the Big 12 champ, just call it a day. Let's get a, some new blood in here, some teams that haven't gotten in here before, uh, in recent years, and uh, we'll see what we get. Guys, it's been a tremendous talking with you. Yet another uh, playoff rankings, and kind of sad. We've only got two weeks left of the college football season, but it is what it is. Uh, again, thanks to our friends over at Omaha Steaks. Make sure you use that promo code Locked On to get $30 off over at omahasteaks.com. They've got all the great deals for you ahead of the holiday season, and I'm not BSing you. This is where you want to go to take care of those holiday gifts because I'm already stressing over it. For Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12, Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Pac-12, Eric Kane, host of Locked On Vols, and Caroline Fenton, host of Locked On LSU. I'm Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC. This has been our college football playoff rankings reaction show. We'll talk to you guys next week.